Welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio, a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living. Hello and welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio. This is Laurie Seymour, host of Wisdom Talk Radio and founder of TheBakaJourney.com. TheBakaJourney.com is the place where you can find resources for all things that will help illuminate your journey. I'm here today and I'm delighted to be welcoming Dr. Idara E. Bassi. She is a licensed attorney, corporate healer, and executive coach. And given that triumvirate, that's quite a mouthful, isn't it? We want to, we'll, we'll be looking forward to finding out more of how that all flows together. Since 2002, she has helped create holistic solutions to personal and corporate challenges by offering energy balancing services and intuitive development training. In addition to coaching services for intelligent, self-aware lawyers and other professionals who are committed to continued personal growth and living in alignment with their highest values. Idara's writings include the award-winning essay collection, Reflections of a Mystical Sista on Traveling Down the Road to Self-Definition, and the ebook Supercharge Your Life, How to Use Woo Woo to Become the Most Fabulous You. Don't you just want to read that right now? Ah. <laughs> well, welcome, Idara. I'm so pleased to have you here. And um, I know our listeners will are in for a treat. Thank you, Laurie. Just really honored to be here. Thank you. Mm. So I, there's so many things I want to ask you. Um, <laughs> one thing that occurs to me is I know you know you're trained as an attorney, and you're working with other attorneys. Indeed. And and I'm curious um, how other lawyers relate to you when they see you're talking about things like, you know, energy healing, what intuitive development. Hmm. That all sounds pretty woo woo. I'm sure. Sure. Um, but sure. you know, how, how do they relate to you? And, and I wonder if you have um, a story of somebody that started out relating to you at, at arm's length. Like how do you, how do you think you can help me? And you know, what is it you really do um, to, to being your greatest supporter. <laughs> sure, sure, absolutely. Well, I'll have to backtrack a little bit um, mm -hmm. to give you some context about how these two worlds came together. Please. I um, was fortunate to grow up in a home where um, my late father was a spiritual seeker. And along the way, uh, all sorts of beliefs and permutations of faith uh, became present in the household. And um, so I was very used to seeing a lot of, uh, hearing about a lot of mystical ideas about inner divinity. And we didn't necessarily go to church because he, my father felt that you can find God in a grove of trees just as easily as you could in a building on Sunday morning. So I was very fortunate to have that background, even though I grew up in the South, and when I would let people know that I, I didn't go to church, they would tell me that I was going to hell, but I heard other messages at home. So that really was a very strong influence in my spiritual path. Yes. And um, 
So I was nurturing these ideas along the way. I really think my journey officially started when I was about 17, when I started working with affirmations and, and whatnot. And um, as time went on and my interest grew, um, I have to say my father felt a little bit concerned because he thought that if I let people know too much about these beliefs that um, I was nurturing and cultivating on my own, that it might derail me uh, professionally speaking. Mm. So under that concern, I kept these worlds very separate. You know, I was going through school, getting awards and degrees and whatnot, and, um, you know, went through my legal training and made, took special pains to keep these worlds separate. And, um, you know, I worked for a little while. <laughs> but, that inner uh, call know, does come, doesn't it? It does. It does. <laughs> As they say that I, I could not quit metaphysics per, per se. Mm-hmm. And, or um, it wouldn't let you quit. <laughs> it wouldn't let me. That's probably a better word. And probably within three or four years ago, I had a, uh, a local attorney here in the Atlanta area where I'm based who called me out of the blue because um, I'd already uh, developed my practice. I started that in 2002, but uh, I didn't target my services to lawyers at that time. Mm. And um, this young woman had, um, had seen my website. I, to this day, I don't know how she found out about me. And um, was experiencing some cash flow problems in her practice. And she thought that she might want to get some energy healing work to remove these kind of blockages. And once I picked myself up off the floor, (laughs) I was like, oh, we'd be happy to work Mm -hmm. with her in this regard, in this capacity. And she made it very clear that one of the reasons why she decided to call me is because she read about my background in the law. So she went out of her way to find me because mm-hmm. she thought that I could relate to the trenches she was in, basically. Sure. Her, her professional experience. Mm-hmm. And I think to her, that gave, her, gave, um, gave me a level of credibility that she may not have afforded somebody who had the um, healing training, but not the professional corporate experience to kind of um, to relate to her more easily. Mm-hmm. So that was a really game changer for me as far as my practice was concerned. And it was with that, uh, she had a good experience. We ended up working for quite some time, almost a, a year, if I recall. Mm-hmm. And um, she referred her partner to me. She referred several other of her colleagues in the profession. And that's when things started to snowball. And it occurred to me that, okay, well, maybe I should be targeting my efforts to assist these people who have been right in front of my face for yeah. how, how many years. Yeah. Um, but I had every intention of keeping these worlds fairly separate uh, because I just thought, well, you know, because I was still keeping a foot in the legal profession, uh, mm-hmm. a day job or a day commitment to keep the roof over the head until, you know, things would, you know, uh, appropriately snowball. And, um, but by golly, and now the legal profession is in, for lack of a better word, in uh, a fair amount of crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have record levels of uh, chemical dependency, depression. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, we're hearing the words mindfulness. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, we're hearing work-life balance, all these type of ideas that probably would have gotten you laughed out of the room as recently as 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, literally two weeks ago, um, I 
gave a presentation, I may have told you about this, at the state bar, we have continuing legal education courses that the mm -hmm. uh, practitioners are required to take to keep up their licensing. And we had a whole day uh, devoted towards uh, uh, lawyer wellness. Um, and I was featured as a speaker there and I gave a, um, a session, a workshop actually, on um, intu intuitive lawyering. Ooh. And uh, by golly, I um, who would have thunk it? <laughs> uh, I would have a rapid, I mean, a, a, you know, a rapid attention from record audience um, uh, enrollment about how to leverage your sixth sense mm -hmm. in the conducting of your law practice. And um, so, and then, you know, you would have people kind of sneak up to me during the break or after the, after the session was over sharing their experiences of, I guess, intuitive impressions that they didn't necessarily term as such at the time, but upon retrospect, were able to say that, oh, well, maybe I should, you know, formally afford more credence to mm -hmm. this idea. Mm -hmm. um, and I was really still presenting these concepts very practically speaking. Um, well, they are, but they are practical. Aren't they? Uh, yeah. I mean, at, at yeah. their base Indeed. and at their best, they're, they're practical. I mean, as Indeed. people can learn how to connect with and trust, you know, yeah. what I call the compass within, and we're talking yeah. about is that sixth sense. I love then that. They, then they have the ability to, to navigate everything. Indeed. You know, not just their relationships or their, their spiritual life, but their practical everyday lawyering life. Sure. Sure. And really what I was presenting it as, as expanding your definition of just what you uh, term to be information. Ooh. So, somebody, um, so people can wrap their heads around that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can meet somebody for the first time and shake their hand. And if you feel a wave of nausea, um, well, it may not be a coincidence. That might be some information you need to take into account as far as determining how you deal with that person if you want to hire that person, uh, you might take some additional action steps that you would not have taken but for the fact that you had that particular uh, trigger insight um, that came along with meeting this person. So, so you're, you're really teaching people that they're, they're an energy system, they're a receiving system. Well, you know, of course, that's in my mind. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't have to even use those words, yet. but that's what you're doing. Yeah, I don't have to use those words, but they can wrap their heads around the fact that um, this might be very helpful to look into this concept a little further because this can give me a strategic edge. This can help me problem solve more effectively. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was focusing on both personal and professional benefits mm -hmm. um, from there and uh, really went well. I was very, very pleased with the way people were responding, we had an experiential exercise as part of the part of the workshop as well, where I had them, you know, do some mock psychometry type of um, um, uh, you know undertakings, so they can mm -hmm. kind of see for themselves. This is not just about talking about the concept mm -hmm. or reading about it, even, but actually experiencing it for yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's how things have unfolded. Of course, this is kind of the Reader's Digest version, many <laughs> of distillation here. But I really did see an uptake in um, general interest in the population after September 11th. Yes. I think that's where people were e 
extremely, I mean, that just shocked a lot of people open into reevaluating everything. Mm-hmm. And then perhaps they may have been lulled to sleep a couple of years later, but at least that was that big burst of energy that just said, okay, well, um, maybe the, the way I've always been doing things may not be the best way to continue. Yeah. And maybe how I've seen the world is not Absolutely. really how the world is. Absolutely. And, and that's that, that is that, that clarion call sure. that we either have, we have the choice to respond to or not. Sure. And it, are you finding that people are recognizing that inner call that, you know, when I think about the hero's journey, which is such a, a big metaphor that I use, um, are you finding that people are being willing to listen to that inner call more, more readily, more fully? Um, let me put it this way. Um, I've always thought that you have the option of either heeding the nudge of the universe or waiting mm-hmm. for the two by four. Absolutely. And, yes. <laughs> and more and more people are um, on the receiving end of the two by four mm-hmm. uh, you know, with marriages unraveling, chemical dependency, depression, and all these major type of life shifts. Um, people are being forced to reevaluate um, just about everything. Mm-hmm. And then you have this backdrop of what's going on in the world. Um, people are looking for answers. Mm-hmm. And they're looking in places that they didn't necessarily feel like they would necessarily be um, exploring. Mm-hmm. So I can, I can just tell in my own legal career, I mean, from when I was in law school to today, uh, there was a very clear linear path once upon a time where you put on your sensible blue suit and you march towards Atlanta and you just say, okay, I want this job at X, Y, Z law firm and I'm going to sit there until I become a partner and I'm going to drive off into the sunset. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't that. factor in wellness, happiness, um, a, a good oh, life no. or, or anything about living in alignment with your own values. Oh no, not at all. I mean, oh, that's extraneous. <laughs> but now as people are seeing that, hmm, okay, when I do become a partner, that doesn't mean all my problems have been solved. Hmm, I'm on my second marriage and my kid is strung out on meth. Maybe I might need to think about approaching life a different way. And I know I'm being a, a little bit extreme, but, um, not but, too but not from according to my own practice either. I mean, I've had yeah. the same kinds of experiences, so I don't think you're being too extreme. Yeah. I, I, you know, there's a little bit of facetiousness there, but there I is, know. I mean, mm-hmm. this is, this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. And from that vantage point, uh, you're seeing a lot of people with the hyphenate, the, the ultimate hyphenate, uh, you know, former lawyer turned cake baker, former lawyer turned mm-hmm. fisherman. Form, mm-hmm. They still want to keep that. And there's nothing wrong with that because there is a value to that training. And a credibility and a that, that it gives one. And a credibility that comes mm-hmm. with that. But you are just choosing, and I'm telling people now, even young people that come to me with questions about going to law school, I never discourage anybody from attending. But I do encourage them to make sure that they don't leave their heart. Um, they don't leave their heart. I mean, they don't leave their mind and their heart just completely discombobulated. Yeah. Think about well, what your heart has to say, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, this, in this equation. Well, you talked about that, that sense and, and still perhaps even now that sense of keeping those worlds separate. Yes. Which I, I think if we're really to live a, a full life, uh, if we're really to live in a way where 
inside and outside are, are in harmony and feel aligned, that in some way those worlds have to come together, however that is. Yes, absolutely. Does that make sense that, to you? That makes a lot of sense. And that is actually one thing that I stress in my workshop, that um, we, we spend a lot of time, energy, and tuition dollars in leveraging what comes out of our intellect. And I would be the last person to tell somebody to put all that in a trash bag and toss it. All mm. I'm telling you is to bring in conjunction with that an aspect of your being that is not linear, mm -hmm. an aspect of your being that doesn't depend on your critical thinking. And bring it all together so you can respond to situations or respond to life from a more holistic and integrated standpoint mm -hmm. because if you're going strictly through life through your intellect um well that's one way to do it but there's a, a depth and a richness of color and authenticity that is lacking when you don't consult as you say with your inner compass mm -hmm. so if you can bring those two together and for example uh, there's one of my favorite quotes by um albert einstein the level of consciousness that created a situation it's not the level of consciousness that will bring about a resolution. Exactly. We, we have some pretty mm -hmm. complex challenges on our plate as individuals, as a society and whatnot. So to think that the way that we've always um, thought is going to do the job is uh, disingenuous. Right, right. You know, we need <clears throat> some new thinking to come to bear. Mm -hmm. And um, some new approaches because, I mean, the intractability of some of these issues, I'm, I'm just thinking about places like Syria, for example, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that are continuing mm -hmm. to unfold in horror around us really require us to um, bring in, you know, some backup, for lack of a better, better term. Bring in that bigger picture that, Absolutely. Mm, that may indeed have some of those answers that sure. we don't know what they are because... You know, sure. our, 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 I want to say, and I'm somebody that has always valued my head, my thinking abilities, my, my cognitive interaction with the world. Sure. But I know, but I also know how limited it is now. Um, it's well, limited yeah. when it's just in the service of, when it's not in the service of that bigger picture. Sure. And, and for a very long time, I thought that's really all I had to offer the world. Mm -hmm. A strictly intellectual approach, and I put in time and energy getting multiple degrees. Surely that's the end of the story. But at one point, I think it might have been 1996, I do remember being sitting, sitting in a church service and realizing like a ton of bricks that I knew a lot about God intellectually speaking, but mm -hmm. not from a heart perspective. Yeah. And I was like... I was like, really? How, how is this possible? Yeah. I mean, it's like the whole aspect of my being that has not been developed. And um, I find that problematic. <laughs> <laughs> well, unless we start having the experience. See, I came from the world of being a psychotherapist. Yes. And so I knew the world, not only of the intellect, but then of the emotion. Sure. And that emotional world, but that emotional world becomes so, so captivating. And there's more than that, you know? Sure. And, and so, you know, when I first started having experiences of, of other dimensions, of other realities, of a bigger, of this, what I'm calling a bigger picture. Uh -huh. and what, what came with that was my first experience really of feeling love. Mm. Gotcha. 
So that, that experience is so needed so that we have something more to rely on than, um, than, as you said, what has already created the problems that we're dealing with. Yes, I agree. I definitely agree. So, so your career path has certainly been um, non-traditional, <laughs> shall we say. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, just a couple of twists here and there. And it's so funny because people kind of gawk and whatever. I, I do remember when I, I had relocated to San Diego, and I, that's a story that I, I um, recount in my book. Mm-hmm. And I do remember I was doing some channeling work for a client that was distraught and, uh, you know, finishing up with that. And then I was preparing for uh, a lecture on contract law. I was supposed to give <laughs> later on in the day. And, oh, and you know, it. I'm like, well, you know, this is a normal day for me. And it didn't really occur to me as being unusual until I would talk to other people about it and mm-hmm. say, yeah no <laughs> but how wonderful that you have that range that you didn't say oh I have to give up the intellect because indeed you don't well you know I, can't, I have to say when I was in uh, San Diego in the early 2000s I probably was the only intuitive in town who drafted her own agreements <laughs> And I would present them to the, I mean, to the proprietor of the business that I would be working on behalf. And they would mm-hmm. look at me and I just thought, well, I mean, we're going to have a business relationship. Shouldn't we map this out? <laughs> but I, it's just, I, I've been doing it for so long. I've been living this way for so long that it doesn't occur to me to be unusual. But mm-hmm. um, it's, just, it's just how I operate. Well, when you can ground the... Uh, and I'm just going to use woo-woo because you use that in your, in your oh, book sure, title. Sure. Um, yeah. When you gra- can ground the woo-woo in, yeah. in, and maintain that connection, you mm-hmm. realize mm-hmm. that we don't, have to, um, we don't have to leave our feet you know, connected sure. to the earth. We sure. can have that, that connection as, as above, so below, and, yeah. and really honor the, the, the full picture there. Well, I find it enormously helpful with problem solving, um, believe it or not. I, mm-hmm. When I have something on my mind that I'm trying to work out, I look for guidance everywhere. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm talking about license plates. I'm talking about song lyrics, the three crows that are on the corner. <laughs> it's like, why are they congregating in the corner? Mm-hmm. And you take that in conjunction with your linear, rational, problem-solving skills, and you bring them together and see what comes out of considering them in conjunction with one another. Yes. Yeah. And by golly, you really come up with some interesting, um, some interesting solutions. I think you, it covers all the bases more, uh, more effectively mm-hmm. than um, just strictly going out of one lens or the other. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think people, de- individuals develop their own personal lexicon over time, which I just find fascinating Mm -hmm. and um so i I think um you know if you think that god of as a concept of being everywhere present um well that that uh that group of crows can have offer just as much information to you as a book in the library it's another expression of god It's, it's another expression so if you are you know everywhere present everywhere um cognizant just everywhere so I just love the idea that um, the universe supports you at every turn. 
mm-hmm. um, through traditional, non-traditional means, or what have you. But um, it, it definitely makes life a lot in, more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm thinking about um, leadership and and leaders in general, and and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that that's one of the things that you that you work with is executive coaching and and in my mind part of that is is helping people claim their own inner voice and and claim more of who they are so that they can have have the seat at the table in a way that that serves a greater good. Indeed. Can you speak to that a little bit about how you are seeing that? Sure. I, um, again, would have to backtrack to um, the early 2000s when I was actually working on my doctoral thesis. I worked on incorporating these metaphysical principles in corporate environments. That was my my, um, substantive focus. And I ran Mm -hmm. across a quote that just really just um, propelled me forward as far as my personal inquiry into this topic. And um, it was by Cheryl Richardson, by all people. Mm And it was the downfall of a corporation is a potent example of what happens when unhealed individuals hold leadership positions. Mm-hmm. I said, wow. And this was shortly after the implosion of Enron. That is actually what kind of inspired me to start looking at this idea that, you know, who's at the helm? As, from an energetic perspective, mm-hmm. has got to infiltrate throughout the organization as a whole. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we know that now, don't we? Uh, yes, what we we're do. seeing in the world. Absolutely. Funny how that, funny how that happened. Mm. Um, so from an energetic perspective, looking at corporations or any kind of macro level organization as mm-hmm. an energetic entity and just, and these concepts about energy that we know about, how they also function the same way in this environment as they would in like in a person's arc field mm-hmm. or what have you. Um, so that to me was just a really critical piece in determining how to heal larger, um, I guess, um, demonstrations of, um, misalignment, I'll call it that. Mm, okay, I'm that's a lovely way to put that. Instead mm-hmm. of dysfunction or what have you. Yeah, no, no. And so I even do that when, um, with my work with lawyers now. The profession can be healed by individually targeting the members of that profession. So any macro level organization or entity can be looked at from its constituent parts mm-hmm. and step by step as you realign those individual component parts, the, it, it only sets up a momentum where it's available for where large scale transformation mm-hmm. is possible. Yeah. I, I, I have someone, uh, a, a friend that I interviewed for Wisdom Talk Radio a long time ago who works in relationships. Mm. And she, she doesn't work with, with couples. Okay. She works with one person at a time on the relationship, one person, and, and speaks to the way in which that change will change the dynamics of the relationship completely. Wonderful. 
And that's really what you're talking about is it, we could say it's from bottom up, but it's, it's, it's deeper than that. I mean, it's more than that. Sure. Uh, because it, it's, it's talking about an energy system. And if you change any piece of that energy system, any dynamic in that energy system, you change the system. And it, uh, absolutely. I mean, I do remember uh, in my thesis that I would even talk about if you have a, a level of discontented custodial staff, mm-hmm. guess what? They're going to be cleaning the office with the energy of their discontentment. Mm-hmm. And we, each individual executive is going to interact with that discontentment when they throw something in the trash or when they, you know, when they pick something off a counter or what have you. I mean, it's, it just really gets that minute. It does. When you walk into a room after that room has been cleaned and you go, ooh, yes. uh, I guess I'm coming down with something because you think yes. it's you yes. rather than this energy that you've walked into that is not aligned with who you are. Sure, sure. And for people who find it difficult to move beyond their respective titles, I think this is a very challenging concept for them to wrap their heads around because I mean they're con- I mean, if you don't even see somebody as a person or if you don't r- acknowledge their humanity mm-hmm. um, by golly you're going to have a hard time f- believing that they have an impact on the fortunes of this organization that you were heading at just as much as you do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, by, yeah, it's just uh, it still blows my mind all these years later and um, I really would love to do more work on that kind of scale, you know, corporation, reading the energy of corporation. Yeah, I would love for you to be doing that. <laughs> yeah, well, I put it out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, well, because, and I, I'm, you know, thinking about our listeners right now, that when you have somebody like you come in to work with the energy of a corporation, you know, that's where, this might sound woo-woo, but that is where the magic can really happen. I mean, you can do so much so many attempts at changing a corporate culture but until you come in and and really work at that level of uh, it seems very basic of honoring everybody in the organization of as you said seeing the humanity of everybody in the organization that everyone has a has a piece Mm -hmm. of of an organization's success or downfall oh sure Sure. I, I do remember a book I'd run across when I was doing my research um, by Sarah, Sarah Lawrence Lightfoot. And the book was simply entitled Respect. Mm-hmm. And she's a woman of color and she remember she's a professor, you know, very esteemed and, uh, you know, um, honored in her respective um, interests. But she remembers an interaction with a student that was less than respectful. And she was on a panel discussion, and she said in a very measured tone, uh, the way you are speaking, you need to speak to me in such a way that I can even hear you. Mm -hmm. I cannot hear you with that energy that you are bringing to this space. And I just thought, whoo, okay. She's nailed it. (laughs) Yeah, I think she did. I think she did. You need to approach me. You don't have to like me, but you do have to respect me. And so if more organizations practice this type of radical respect, how would that change things on a macro level? I mean, Mm. that's amazing to 
to um, to envision. I love that radical respect. Yeah. Yeah, creating spaces where that is possible to flourish, to uh, to cultivate a depth, and, um, and and how people relate to one another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it definitely does uh, challenge the current uh, <laughs> the current <laughs> dynamic, uh, to say the least. But uh, you know, we can, we can still be hopeful. Well, we have to be hopeful because if we don't hold the space for something to change, yes. we're lost. That, that is true. I, I definitely agree with that. Yes. Yeah. And I know you're not just working with lawyers, are you? You're working with no, professionals no, of, no. of all stripes. All work, walks of life. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, no doubt about that. I, I think every, a lot of people struggle with trying to integrate their values into their life expression on all uh in all fields mm-hmm. really. um you know people have these ethical these po- these points of ethical dilemmas it's like wait a minute okay i'm not liking what policies i'm seeing here but then again i have to pay the mortgage and so it's a very it's a very it's an ongoing type of tweaking mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. happen. And, How do you help people deal with something like that? Well, I, uh, for, for, uh, for first of all, you need to identify where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. What's your baseline of, of, of operation in the world? For example, I mean, when you get out of bed, you have a baseline of energetic either dissonance or, uh, or wherever, however you are vibrating at that time. So if you're not aware of that, when somebody comes to you and you get all, uh, you know, all of a sudden you're, you're worried about money, but you didn't have awareness of your baseline, you cannot assess the ener- energetic impact that person has on you very accurately. So it starts with basic awareness, which, mm-hmm. believe it or not, as simple as it sounds, is quite challenging for a lot of people to, to achieve in, mm-hmm. the, in light of, okay, you get up, you look at your iPhone, you get up, you check your email. I mean, it's just like, it, 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 from the moment you open your eyes, yeah. it's... Uh, you're ex- you're focused on the, on the outside world. You're focused Absolutely. on the exterior and you have no connection Absolutely. with who you are inside and how you're feeling and what you're aware of. And- sure, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. So identifying, uh, becoming aware is yes. the first step. Mm-hmm. Once you get aware, then you could kind of flesh out the the branches of the tree about what your values are, what makes you feel like you're being your best self, what makes you feel like you're not being your best self. Identify those things, and the and the triggers, the things that happen to you over the course of a day, that either challenge or affirm one way or the other. Mm-hmm. So once we have identified, you know, what's that ground zero? Then we can kind of extrapolate from there about, okay, which things are negotiable, which things can be tweaked, which things do we have to learn how to accept. So it really starts again with the individual, a basic, and meditation, I think, is really one of the most incredible, effective ways to get to know what's in here. Yeah. I mean, I, people always ask me, well, how do I start this? How do I start channeling? How do I start swinging off the chandelier or whatever? <laughs> You know, for me, it started with meditation. Yeah. It really did. I mean, I do remember uh, feeling very um, clear that I needed to 
create a regular practice. It must have been 1996, actually. And then within a year, I was channeling my guides via mm-hmm. automatic writing. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of went from there. Mm-hmm. But actively cultivating the ability to, um, to tolerate and even flourish in silence, that's a big one for people. It's a very big one. As a meditation teacher, I, you know, I certainly um, see that often. And because of the way I work with meditation and I work with energy during the time of meditation, uh, I, I see that people are, are often more easily able to go into that space. And they're, they're shocked. They're surprised. Like, how could this happen? What does this mean? And, you know, and then, well, they, they, they sometimes they want me to tell them, tell them about what they experience. But what's so important is that they start to identify with their own experiences and start Absolutely. to find ways to decode what those experiences are and what they mean to them. Sure, sure. I mean, what I mentioned earlier about developing your own personal lexicon. Mm-hmm. For example, I talked about the crows. I mean, if you look at all the books about omens and things, they would think that crows are just the just nasty old, you know, <laughs> harbingers of evil. But I've always found them to be very, very helpful and um, hopeful. They always seem to surface in hopeful situations. I think they're thoughtful animals. So that's how that concept resonates through me. Yeah. And everybody needs to kind of develop that that code language for exactly exactly and think about game of thrones for any game of thrones um fans out there i I, i'm one of them uh there's a three-eyed raven that's a theme throughout the whole series Mm. that that really connotes wisdom so and you wouldn't know (laughs) that unless you consciously decided to cultivate your own wisdom exactly yeah by golly i mean because cnn is not your truth I mean, I know it's pervasive and uh, 24-7, but it's not your truth. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then you need to decide what is my truth. Yeah. It's really not going to tell you about yourself. No. No. And that's, I know that's difficult. Uh, that's a difficult pill for people to swallow. But when they do, when they, when people, I, what I find is that when people start to appreciate, wow, there's this whole world inside here that is, different, uh, maybe in conjunction with, maybe just uh, in addition to this outer world that I'm so focused on, they become quite enchanted and oh, you know, joyful with it. I agree. I mean, there was a gentleman that approached me during a break during this uh, session on intuitive lawyering that I um, recently facilitated. And he had just retired from law practice. He had practiced law for 38 years. Mm. And he sat there with this Amaze, this expression of amazement on his face. He's like, well, you know, there were times when I was deciding uh, cases that I um, may have consulted. But I was like, and this guy's 65, and he's sitting there. It's like, it's, it's like, it's like he had to reevaluate his entire breadth of experience in light of this additional information that he's just getting at 65. Wow. And I just sat there. I was like, well, thank you for telling me this, but by golly, you have been given such a gift. He said, well, he was like saying, well, maybe it's too late for me to, um, you know, to apply this further on professionally speaking, but personally speaking, I could certainly, you know, take that on because he, you know, just decided to kind of take that as a challenge to see how to integrate these, um, these intangibles. How wonderful. Oh, you're inspiring people right and left. 
Oh, I just was so I was so touched, really. And um, um, yeah, so I that's um, one one day in life. <laughs> wow. Any any last um, wisdom points you'd like to provide for our listeners? Oh my goodness, wisdom points. Let's see here. <laughs> Well, I, I, again, I, I, I am a proponent, a strong proponent of listening to your heart and, um, and see where it will take you. I, I've, you know, when you are kind of deciding to um, proceed life or attack life in a different way that you have up until now, I think you should take small baby steps. And, you know, again, the journey of a thousand steps begins with the first one. If you get an intuitive flash about it might rain today and it's sunny as anything, but take your umbrella, humor the gods and see where that takes you. And that could lead to more, uh, to larger, more consequential um, decision-making points. But um, we've got uh, a lot on our plate these days and it would behoove you to uh, leverage as many resources as possible. So why not give yourself the chance and the option, uh, the opportunity to uh, cultivate those within yourself and see where it takes you. Yeah. Hmm. Thank you, Adara. That, that's beautifully said because, because those, those small steps are what lets our own inner wisdom know, Hey, I'm willing to start paying attention. Absolutely. And then we are given more and more and more. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Mm. Well, for those who want to find out more about your work and about content or reaching out to you, uh, what's the best way to do that? I invite everyone to stop by my website at www.onelightmessenger, that's O-N-E, light, L-I-G-H-T, messenger, all one word, dot com. And uh, you can find my blog there. You can find out a little bit more about my background and um, also indicates uh, some of the services that I do offer. And um, look forward to connecting with y'all as many times as possible or feasible. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Oh, thank you again, Adair, for being here and being such a joy to to speak with. Thank you so much, Laurie. I really appreciate the invitation. And thanks to our listeners for being with us today at Wisdom Talk Radio. If you're curious about meditation and connecting with your own inner wisdom, be sure to check out the Terea Meditation live sessions happening online twice each week. You can find out more over at www.thebacajourney.com and that's the Baca, B-A-C-A, journey.com. Wishing you a journey full of discovery, illumination, and wisdom. Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook. Facebook.